back to throw Fitzpatrick. Throwing high into the air. Got it. Parker, touchdown. What a win for this Miami Dolphin team. Wow. What is up, Dolphins fans? And welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins official podcast network covering your Miami Dolphins each and every day. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show... It's kind of Christmas Eve, football fans. Chiefs and Texans tomorrow, a tasty little appetizer. Three days ahead of Dolphins-Patriots. We're going to hear from Coach Flores, some Dolphins players, and roll our exclusive interview, our weekly Wednesday feature with new Dolphins center Ted Karras. All of that and more on this Wednesday, September the 9th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins We're going to get you injury reports later at the end of this podcast, perhaps on Thursday's show. We'll see when they come out, when this podcast publishes. And if we don't cover it on the podcast, you can always check out MiamiDolphins.com, the daily top news story, to get caught up on all the latest around this Miami Dolphins football team. And with that, today, let's go ahead and jump right in to Coach Flores' Wednesday morning media availability, now just four days away from the opener in New England. And we start here on a topic that Coach mentioned earlier in the week, or maybe it was last week, about the variety of players that are going to see playing time on Sunday compared to a normal season opener where you have four preseason games, an entire offseason program, and how this year it's different, how this year you'll have a handful of players that might see the full 60 to 70 snaps, but for the most part, guys are going to work their way into the lineup slowly. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we kind of talked about this maybe last week. Uh, you know, given no preseason, no, no one's played a football game in a long time. Uh, it's hard to think somebody can jump out there and play 60, 70, 80 snaps. So, um, you know, there will be a handful of play guys who we would expect to go, go the whole way. But uh, for the most part, we are thinking along the lines of somebody's probably going to need a blow here. Uh, so, um, and I think every team's, you know, has that same uh, thought process. You know, I know we got a game tomorrow night, so we'll see how that one Shakes shakes out. You know, load management. I don't know if I'd call it that. You know, guys dealing with nicks and bruises. We try to take care of our players as much as we can. Kyle Johnson does a great job. The training staff does a great job um, from that standpoint. So, um, all those guys are working. They're trying to get back uh, as soon as they can, and you know, hopefully, we have them out there for you know as many plays as we need them on Sunday. That's coming up on Sunday. Last night, the Miami Heat advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals, taking down the Milwaukee Bucks in Game 5 of the Conference Semifinals. Here's Coach Flores on the Miami Heat. But, you know, it was a good game last night. Happy for, for them and, and, and getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's a great accomplishment. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, I, got, I got my Heat shirts ready to go. And I want to play this next clip for you because of one little tidbit out of there that Coach says about complacency and what that can do for people and not just a pandemic or an NFL season, whatever the case might be talking about complacency and how it can change your approach and change your behavior. Here's coach on heading into the season with such good news lately around COVID testing results and all the negative results that have come back in recent testing rounds. I think it's, well, I think, you know, our staff, you know, headed up by, you know, Kyle Johnston and our medical team, I think uh, from a protocol standpoint and, uh, a transparency standpoint and trying to get everyone on the same page. I think they've done a great job. You know, the numbers, you know, where they've been, they've been positive. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, good numbers are good, uh, 
good reports may lead to some complacency, and that's that's not what we want. We need to be vigilant about wearing masks and wearing the tracers and keeping distance and being responsible outside of the building. So um, I'm not. I don't want to put any type of uh, message out there like we're doing a great job and uh, you know everything's you know great because you know things can turn quickly as we know with this with the virus. Um, so we need to continue to be vigilant. We need to be responsible and make smart decisions as a team. Uh, you know, guys who are on the team, uh, guys who are uh, around the team. Um, I mean, I think that's if we if we're not vigilant that way, then then it's only a matter of time before it catches up to us. So uh, it's been good thus far. Uh, I'm gonna get, that's gonna continue to be my message uh, to, to to do the right things on on the field, obviously in the building, and then off outside of the building. These guys have a lot more time or more time than they did in training camp. So um, I would say the first phase was, you know, we got good numbers. Um, we let's not take our foot off the gas. And here comes my guy, Joe Shad, once again of the Palm Beach Post, dropping the question, where does he think tackling is going to be at for the season opener? Referring to the Navy-BYU game the other night. Here's Coach on his level of comfortability and where his defense is in week number one with the fundamentals, the tackling, and all that stuff going into a season without the benefit of a preseason and an offseason. I think in every first game, you know, there's a lot of things that tackling, penalties, um, you know, just overall understanding of rules, you know, without a preseason, some of those things are, aren't as uh, up to, up to the standard that you would want them to be um, really across the league. So you learn through experience. To me, that's the best way most people learn really in whatever field it is. So uh, without those preseason games, um, you know, the tackling, the throwing, the blocking, the defeating blocks. I mean, you talk about tackling, but there's a lot of other fundamentals that uh, guys have not, uh, been able to do under you know game game uh circumstances so but we've practiced it uh we practiced it practiced it to the best of our ability uh you know given the you know given the uh, uh circumstances that we're in and um you know look we're not going to sit here and say make excuse hey we're not going to we, we missed a bunch of tackles because of this so we couldn't complete a pass because of this that's not what we're saying but to to your specific question it'd be better if we had live games to actually tackle Next question here for Coach, talking about the defense there, and obviously one of the hallmarks of this defense is the versatility, is guys having different roles and different packages on this team. He was asked about how that translates to the offensive side of the football, and maybe to some surprise, Coach said it might be even more on the offensive side than it is on the defensive side. I think it's. I think it definitely translates. Translates. I mean, you know, if it's third and one, you know, who do you, which back do you want in there? Which lineman do you want in there? Which tight end do you want in there? Um, if it's third and 11, do you want to be, you know, do you want no receivers in the game? I think it's very specific to the situation, um, maybe even more so than defensively. Um, I think if you just think about the different situations within a game, two minute, you know, you want to run two minute with, you know, three tight ends on the field, or you want to run them with three receivers on the field. Uh, you want to run, you know, short yardage with, you know, 180 pound back or 240 pound back. I think it's very specific to the situation. Uh, no different than defense, no different than special teams. That's just kind of my uh, my thought process. Uh, and honestly, you know, I know you mentioned maybe some other people, but I think everybody feels the same way. Um, I think we're all trying to, you know, as coaches, just, you know, the guys I've been around and talked to, and look, I've talked to, you know, really most of the coaches throughout the league, just trying to pick their, you know, having conversations and talking football, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. 
And that's the one thing that continues to co- continually comes up. You know, let's put our players in the best positions to for them to have success and for us, us to have success. And I think situationally, um, you know, this comes up on a week to week basis. And I think offensively, probably more than defensively, Omar, um, in my opinion. Up next, Coach was asked about defending Cam Newton, a guy that has 5,000 career rushing yards, almost 400 first downs on the ground, and 60 touchdowns if you include the playoffs on each of those stats. I was going to ask Coach about the difficulty of defending Cam Newton in the question about how that might alter your approach on defense. And one of the added elements a running quarterback gives defenses is that, of course, if you're in man coverage, things become much more difficult to defend that running quarterback because if the defense has their back turned to the quarterback and he breaks the pocket, then all of a sudden you've got guys with their backs to the quarterback while he takes off and runs. So that means pass rush and staying in your gaps up front just becomes so much more important. Here is Coach on defending Cam Newton and the running quarterback. Read your keys. Play with good fundamentals and technique. You know, follow your rules. I think that's those are the the, the main points that you know, we're talking about. You know, defensively every week, communication. Um, you know, the guy like him, obviously, you know, extremely talented. He's, uh, you know, can extend plays and make every throw. So um, obviously, you want to contain him and keep him in the pocket. That's easier said than done. You know, you want to continue to be aggressive. He's a good player. So you know, if you're too aggressive and uh, he slips through or finds a, a, a step up space, you know, he can, he can hurt you. So, um, look, this is going to be a great challenge for us, but they're a good team offensively, defensively, and, and in the kicking game, uh, with guys like Matt Slater from a special team standpoint and Gilmore McCourty, uh, Adam Butler. I mean, they got good players defensively and offensively starting with Cam. I mean, this is a, this is a solid team and they're well coached. So this will be a, a huge challenge and, you know, we're going to have to play well. We're going to go up there and, and, and play a competitive game. And we'll finish up here with Coach talking about the message he wants to give to the young players, the rookies, first, second, third-year players, guys that are coming into this thing somewhat fresh. What's the message to those guys in their first game here this season on Sunday? Uh, one play at a time. I mean, I think that's that's always the mindset. You know, good play, bad play, penalty, touchdown, give up a touchdown, just move on to the next play. Um Every play is an experience. You know, I learned that early in my coaching career. So uh, good or bad, you know, you learn from it. Uh, the one thing you don't want to do is take the good plays and, you know, think about those the entire game. You don't want to take the bad plays and think about those the entire game either. So uh, let's move on to the next play. Um, but learn from it. We have to have our best communication, our best execution, you know, late in the game. That would be my message. So one more day down here on the week of game one, heading into Sunday against the New England Patriots. And I just got to say, man, it's a different feeling in the building when there's a game coming up from my own perspective, my own workflow, sitting here going into all the matchups, digging up all the numbers, looking at the tape, finding out maybe what I can compel or what I can tell you guys in a compelling fashion on the Thursday preview podcast. That's coming out tomorrow, of course. Dolphins and Patriots preview here on the Drive Time podcast. We'll also have the three keys to the game from John Jemmy, and he'll have his three takeaways on Sunday night postgame as well, in addition to my postgame work. So plenty of content here on the Miami Dolphins podcast network, on the website, and otherwise covering this game. I'm just... I'm so excited, man. It's football coming up around the corner. National Football League game, your Miami Dolphins on the field, now just four days away. And with that, let's go ahead and talk to a player making his Miami Dolphins debut on Sunday in a place where he spent 
the first four years of his career. It's our Wednesday feature, a weekly feature here on the Drive Time Podcast as well as on MiamiDolphins.com as we get to know some of these players away from the football field a little bit more. And there is nobody better to kick off this series than Dolphins center Ted Karras. If you don't know him by now, go check out the article on The Athletic where it talks about his many interests, the level of respect he has in the locker room throughout the course of his career. On The Athletic, Ted Karras, I believe it's called The Genius Clown, is the name of the article on The Athletic. So with that, let's go ahead and welcome in Dolphins center Ted Karras. And joining me now is Dolphins center Ted Karras, just a few days away from his debut here in Miami. Ted, how you doing, man? You feeling healthy? You feeling ready to go? Travis, feeling great, man. We're, we had a good practice today. We got a couple more, and then we're we're heading up uh, to Massachusetts. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big week. Last minute preparations heading up to the game, but before we get to the game, I want to talk to you about some non football stuff. And I've been told that you know a little bit of everything about everything. How would you respond to that claim? <laughs> Well, I don't, maybe just a, maybe just a nugget or two about a lot of things, but I wouldn't say I know everything. But you know, I am a, I, I I do like to have some unique conversations. The first one I saw that I had to bring up because I fall asleep to it every night is The Office. Now, oh yeah, who is your favorite character on The Office? Because I have one that people think is just disgusting. Really, I, I'm I'm a big Dwight fan. I think <laughs> Dwight's hilarious. Obviously, Steve Carell, Michael Scott carries the show, but I. I, I so the, some of Dwight's uh, antics over the years are just so hilarious to me. The way he like kind of bows down to Michael at any step, it just it kills me. The acting he does to do that, it's it's so good. <laughs> they are those, those. All that cast is very talented. It, it, what if I told you my favorite character was Ryan? Ryan, you, you know, well, he wrote a lot of the show, yeah. so that makes sense. Though. You obviously like his sense of humor. That's funny. Like that is. You're probably the only person I've ever met that says that. Yeah, he's so cringeworthy bad that I find it hilarious. I just can't get enough it of it. It is very funny. So are you a little bit of an actor yourself? Like, would you ever get in front of the camera? I would, yeah. I was actually in a, uh, I had a walk-on role in a production of The Office, a musical last year. So that was pretty fun. What's Just that? in the opening scene. Really? Really? Yeah. So I'm, I'm picturing you doing like your gym face when he looks at the camera like, what? Is that kind of something you do? It was like a, it was a song and my role was really, I, I, I joined in the song a little bit, but, um, I just had to pin something up on a piece of paper. It was like the opening scene to the musical it was very, very well done. Um, it was, it was, it was awesome. They incorporated just about every part, every big milestone of the show and they, they sung it all too. It was great. That's awesome. I've, I've participated in some office trivia before, so it's a, uh, it definitely has like its own little subculture that show does. It does, yeah. No, and they're taking it off Netflix, so we'll see. It's from driving people to the NBC streaming app. Ted, you just broke this year. You just broke my heart, man. Like I said, I have to have that to fall asleep at night. I know. I <laughs> me too. It's, it's it's turning almost to a complex for for me, my <laughs> wife, and I. Yes, too good, too good. Well, I do want to try to change gears here because you know we're not going to get into football, but I saw an article on the Athletic where I think it was Dante Hightower called you a pit bull in a meat house, but. You've got cats, right? I do. I have two cats. Okay, I'm a cat guy myself. And, you know, that's something that sometimes when a, when a guy tells somebody that he's a cat person, it's kind of greeted with some, what? Like, what is that like for you in the locker room when you tell the guys, like, I've got a couple of cats back home? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. I do love my cats and think of them as companions, and they've been great. And I know I've had cats growing up. I also had dogs. But uh, for the stage in my life, one of the main reasons we got some cats was we wanted some pets, but... 
with our schedule and the traveling in the off season and pretty locked in for six months out of the year in season, I, d- I don't feel like I can give a dog the uh, as good a quality of life as they deserve right now. Um, but what we know when I'm, you know, hopefully down the road, uh, <clears throat> long down the road when I retire, I'll get a dog. But till then, I am a cat guy, and I'm I'm proud of it. We need some of those photos. Like, have you seen the, the I think it's a meme online where the guy's like holding the cat and then there's a, a side picture up in the corner with the cat, like in the Christmas stocking hat or something like that. We need some of that with you, man. We need a cat photo shoot for you. We need a cat photo shoot. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one on the gram. My wife has been telling me to put them on there more. So I guess I'll, I'll have to give, I'll have to get that going. Yes, please do. I'll share it like it's crazy. Cause I, that just, blows, <laughs> I love it. I, I, I've, I've always had cats my whole life too. So right there with you. And I'm, I'm a huge proponent of the, they can nurture their own independence. It's, it's a beautiful thing, my man. Uh, it is great. So one thing I wanted to ask you about was the off season this year, because it is such a unique year in, in America, just in every single walk of life. And you went out and got your master's degree this summer, right? Yes. Well, I've been working on it for four years. I actually have one more class to go, um, but they did, they, they would have let us walk. Um, actually, uh, we did it with um, the left guard for the, for the Patriots, Joe Tooney. We did it together. Um, and um, I will finish up. I'll probably, I'll probably get my, the sheepskin in March. So that'd be my second master's. I guess I should have rephrased that. You didn't get it in one summer, obviously. It's a lot of hard work that goes into that, but congratulations, man. Thank you. No, it's a great program, tuition reimbursement um, through the NFL and NFLPA. Obviously, it's one of the things, sadly, that got cut this year um, because of COVID. But, you know, and when they bring it back, um, I'm going to finish anyway, but I'm going to continue to go until until the, until someone doesn't pay for my school anymore. So it's, it's, a, it's a great program. I encourage a lot of uh, younger guys to get, get going on it now. That's really cool. Uh, have you put any thought into, I know post-playing career, like you mentioned, is a long way away, but have you put any thought into what that might look like for you? Yeah, I have thought about it. I'm not, not too deeply just because, you know, it, it really is all fantasy. I'm all football and I'm going to be hopefully football for, a, for a, a, a lot more seasons. But, um, you know, that's going to be a decision my wife and I make. I, I'm going to, you know, see what opportunities I don't, I try not to burn any bridges ever and, and keep an open mind and, and, and we'll see what happens, uh, you know, post football. But right now it's, it's all about, uh, you know, trying to win some games. Absolutely. And you mentioned being all about football. That goes back to uh, our first conversation you and I had Ted back in March. I want to say it was when you signed down here and you were working out in your garage. What was that like in the entire off season, kind of having your own gym set up and, and kind of being, you know, left to your own devices in the, in the garage gym. Well, it was great. You know, I tried to get down here as soon as possible after we signed in, in March and, you know, with, with how crazy March was the heat of it. Um, and then we couldn't get down. Um, but we, we got down in May cause I wanted to get down here in the heat and, you know, it was really great to be able to, to be around some of the guys. So, you know, when we walked into camp this year, you know, we had relationships that were already built and, and we could continue growing together. I was talking to some of the guys here in the video department about how it was kind of like nice today because it was rainy and a little bit colder. Man, I'm new to the area too, Ted. This heat hits you like something else. How was that acclimation for you? You know, there's definitely been some times where you, it, it, it does get very high, you know, but that's part of football. And, and, and I, you know, I think one of the greatest parts about football is that you play it outside mostly, you know, and I think, you know, that's always been a, a, a favorite factor of mine. You get to go outside and, and, and go, uh, you know, run around and fly around with your friends. Um, but yeah, it is a little bit of different heat down here, but we feel like we're in great condition and, and ready to, uh, 
you know, play a play a tough sixty minutes here Sunday. Now you might not have a, a response to this or an answer for this, but I'm curious, did you ever have a really strange interruption during your in home garage workouts? And if so, what was it? Uh well I've had to you know take some deliveries. Um <laughs> and I think I you know, I have a couple neighbors that were probably we had I had to turn on the music a few times. I didn't want to, you know, come in blazing uh, <laughs> as far as yeah as far as disrupting the neighborhood, but everyone down here is, uh, they've welcomed my wife and I, uh, with open arms and it's been such a pleasure. And I, you know, I just want to do, you know, my very best for this community and for the Dolphins organization. I'm picturing like the Cooligan man coming up and dropping off a thing of water and you just like throwing it over your shoulder and walking in like a tough guy. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's in there because we got weights in the driveway too. It's great, man. It was a great summer, and it's, it's been paying off. Right on, man. I mean, I I wanted to drop this quote on you because I was so proud of finding it. But they say necessity is the mother of invention. Did you develop anything new during your summer garage routine? Well, I definitely uh, like when 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 COVID first really hit, and I didn't have any weights in my garage yet. I. I uh, developed a pretty i could get pretty swole with some band workouts I, <laughs> yeah. I i was pretty skeptical my whole life about that but i uh you know if you get the rep count right you can really you can really make some gains just just working with you know you know those athletic rubber bands that you can stretch out and stuff yeah they're legit i, I got some of those too because i'm down here without the availability of a gym i use them and the swimming pool those two things are like new for me uh, yeah the resistance bands are it's been amazing, man. Okay, one last thing here for you. You mentioned Joe Tooney earlier. I read that you guys were Jeopardy buddies. Uh, are you continuing watching Jeopardy every night? Like, what's what's that schedule like for you? No, I have not been watching a lot of Jeopardy lately. I think Joe would be disappointed. But yeah, we so we lived together for uh, you know our first two seasons. Then I got married and moved out, but I still was at the house a lot, and we'd watch. Uh, Jeopardy's very competitive. And then, you know, it got to the point, though, where we were competing all day anyway. we get home, and then we would compete. We started just playing on the same team so that we could just make a total. Uh, I think our, our, our personal record was about, uh, I think we were four, three or four off of getting every question right. Wow. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. He probably carried us that day, but... Um, <laughs> No, it was, it was fun memories, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of those guys, but I'm ready to go and compete, and you know, we're going to have to you know, go up there and, and put our best 60 minutes on the field. Absolutely. I, that's what I shoot for in the team tournament, man, so good good on you guys for hitting that in the, <laughs> in the main event there on Jeopardy. I, I lied. I got one more question for you here, Ted. You mentioned being here for the first time, and you were voted a team captain. Just talk about how much that means to you, being a team captain after being here for only six months so far. Well, it's a distinct honor that, you know, my peers and teammates think of me like that. And, and I take that very seriously. It's a, you know, a leadership role doesn't have to be elected. And, you know, you know we have some great captains. And um, I, the, the fact that they thought of me about that is very special. And I want to deliver with doing the best I can to help us win as many ballgames as we can. And, and also help, you know, in the lives of, uh, you know, our teammates. You know, it's a, one of the most special parts about football is the relationships you build. And I care very deeply about this team and these guys and, and I'm doing whatever I can to help us be successful. Ted, really appreciate your time today, man. Uh, stay healthy. Good luck on Sunday. Cannot wait to watch you play, man. Thank you, Travis. And there he goes. Dolphin center, Ted Karras. That guy is just the best. He's so much fun to talk to so many different, unique interests. And with that, let's go ahead and go back to Ted Karras here. He spoke to the media about some more things football related on Wednesday. I don't want to short you guys now because he's a great interview. Let's hear from Ted Karras addressing the media on Wednesday. And of course he starts by talking about returning to Foxborough as an opponent for the first time. 
Well, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, kind of similar guys that, have, you know, a lot of connections on these two programs. Um, and I think every week one matchup is going to be pretty unique this year in the NFL. Um, I'm excited to see what tomorrow's like. I'm sure you guys all are too, uh, with some football and TV. Um, but you know, yeah, know a lot of these guys, we know each other and it's going to be a, uh, a tough physical uh, 60 minute game. And one of the roles Ted has here in Miami is mentoring the young offensive lineman. Here he is talking about Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt, and Austin Jackson up on the offensive line. He has, uh, you know, all the capabilities to be to be a great player, and we have a lot of great rookies: Rob Hunt, Austin Jackson, uh, we have good veterans, Jesse Davis. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, E Flow. So, um, you know, we're feeling good. We're working hard. Had a good practice today, and um, you know, now we got to take it to the field here come Sunday afternoon. And here is Ted on a follow-up question, expanding on what he sees in Solomon Kinley, the fourth-round rookie out of Georgia, what he sees in his game. He tries to do everything right. He's very explosive. Obviously, he's a huge man. Um, I don't think I got as many wins. I don't think I looked like that as a rookie. I certainly, yeah, if I, if I look back at the film, um, to come in and be very competitive and and uh, someone that, you know, as we're, you know, working over these this past camp and now that we're getting into games, you know, building our trust in, in each other. And, um, you know, I just think he has, you know, he's, he's done very well and I'm very excited for him and uh, I'm going to do everything I can to help him. And he's going to you know, be, be a big part of helping us win ball games this year. Hey, Ted, how's it going, man? Uh, four years up in New England, you obviously saw how the sausage gets made up there. But I'm curious now that you're in Miami, what it's like for you to prepare for a Bill Belichick defense for the first time. Well, we know we're going to be tough and smart and know what they're doing. And uh, they're going to have something, um, you know, unique for us that's going to make us think. They're going to challenge challenge us uh, every step of the way. And, um, you know, it's, it's very exciting to go back. I know many of these players very personally. Um, and to go back and compete now in a, as a rival as a rival faction is, is very exciting. And um, it's just, uh, you know, it's going to be fun. But we're going to have to bring our very, very best when it counts the most here Sunday afternoon. And on the topic of Sunday afternoon, here's Ted Karras on the challenge of going into Foxborough, playing the Patriots, and going up against that defense. It's absolutely going to be a huge challenge. They're going to be well-prepared and, and raring to go. Um, and these, you know, there's still a lot – there's a ton of great players on that whole front that whole defense is is dangerous and we're gonna have you know we've been preparing hard and we're still got uh, a, a bunch more preparation here to go and it's going to be the biggest challenge yet of our careers as a team together so it's going to be uh, we're gonna have to go up and play our very best uh, for 60 minutes to, to leave Gillette Stadium with a victory. As we heard in my interview with Ted, he definitely loves the studying part of the game and studying in life in general and knowing more things than just about football. Here's Ted about the communication and the language of the offense that has been one of the more interesting things about coming to a new a new scheme, a new system, and a new team here in Miami. Well, the language certainly is different, and I think that's a fascinating part of the game. I, uh, I've loved to learn. I dove into this offense pretty pretty deeply. Obviously, we had you know, Zoom meetings for about six weeks in the spring. That was that was a cool kind of low-pressure way to learn a new offense and just have the playbook there. And, but the, the biggest part is the language. There's a lot of, um, you know, you know, football is – I can be kind of – yeah, football is football, but I, I'm not going to give you any nuggets as far as differences between RO and theirs. But um, the language would be the best, the, the best example and one I find most fascinating. We'll go to the other side of the football now and hear from Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones, who first was asked to evaluate what he's seen from Xavier Howard, 
who he was involved in team meetings and doing the virtual stuff previously. But now that Howard's been back on the field for a couple of weeks, what he's seen in Xavier Howard's skill set on the practice field. Yeah, it's, it's cool to see him out there. It's an opportunity for me to see just how good he is. Um, he's really aggressive at the line of scrimmage. He knows how to attack the ball very well. So I'm learning a lot from him just watching him be out there. And he's a good, he's a good mentor to Noah. Um, we're all doing everything we can to get him up to speed. But um, he looks good out there, really good. Next, here's Byron Jones on facing the quarterback he's going to see Sunday in Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam, he, he's extremely talented. Um, he's a guy who's going to make plays. Um, our job on defense is to read our keys, you know, do what we're taught, fundamentals. That's what it's really going to come down to, especially early in the season. It's, you know, tackling, knowing the plays, uh, understanding what the offense wants to do to the defense, depending on the offensive set. Um, you know, it's, it's just a game of, uh, you know, focus and, and attention to the details, really. Hey, Byron, you know, preparing for some teams that kind of, they are, they, you get what you see with them, and the Patriots are so able to adapt themselves every single week, it seems, for so long now. How much more of a challenge is that for you to prepare for a team that you might not know what you're going to see on Sunday? I think the biggest challenge right now is just the fact that it's the first game of the season. We don't really know. You know, they have, a, obviously, a different quarterback. Um, so it's just adjusting to that, really. And um, like I said earlier, what it comes down to is us. It's, it's how we... Uh, come to the game and how we tackle, how we really execute on a down and down basis. And uh, that's what it really comes down to. We heard in an earlier question, Byron addressed the mentorship of rookie cornerback Noah Igbenogany, who again is the youngest player in the National Football League at 20 years old, will be on opening day. Here's Byron Jones talking about what makes Noah Igbenogany a good player in his opinion. It's the work he puts in, the dedication he shows, and the acceptance he has to coaching. Uh, well, I'll tell you with Noah, first He's a really good player, and one thing that's really special about Noah is his maturity, the way he really approaches the game. Um, you know, he's in the meetings early with coach. He's in the meetings late. He's taking notes. He's very responsive to criticism. Uh, he responds He responds well to good plays and bad plays. Um, it's really cool to see a young guy like that come into the league and, and be so prepared. Um, now, obviously, he has to go through the paces when he gets into the game, um, but, you know, I, I have confidence, and we have confidence in his ability uh, to make plays out there. And with Xavier, um, you know, t- truthfully, just seeing him on, on day one and two of practice this year, um, seeing how he attacks the ball um, was, was special to me. I'm like, wow. And seeing his feet on a line of scrimmage and how he stays square. Um, it's all, all this stuff I'm picking up from different players. And you know, to see it in person is really different. And that's what's the cool part about it is we're all on the same team and we're all picking and, and, and um, learning from each other, which ultimately makes us all better. And let's go ahead and finish up with Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones with an evaluation on the Dolphins receiving core. Uh, yeah, so, you know, obviously Preston and Devontae are really big receivers. Um, those guys have really good catch radius, um, and they do a good job at going up and getting the ball. And I think that's the most important thing as, as a really good receiver. Um, you know, it, it may not be perfect. You may be guarded, but if you go up and attack that ball uh, like they've shown throughout in camp, uh, I think they'll be just fine. Um, and Isaiah, he, he's a really crafty guy on the inside. Um, he's really savvy with his routes. He's very patient as well. Um, so it's, it's, you know, they're all good receivers, no question about that, but they all have different things that, that make them special. And we're going to finish up here with Dolphins linebacker Kyle Van Noy, and we start with my question. Um, my question for you is about going up against a team you've seen plenty of times in the past in practice and more, you know, narrow focused here on the offensive line. They've got so much continuity up in front on that offensive line. How does your familiarity with those guys, maybe some of their tendencies and weaknesses, kind of help you attack them on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, going against them, they're familiar with me going, you know, I'm familiar with them. I'm excited for this task. You know, they've been talking trash before years I've been there, so I'm excited 
to see if we both can back it up. <laughs> okay, so just piggybacking off that, is there one player you most want to hit on Sunday? <laughs> nah, he's not there no more. <laughs> and that would be Gronk, by the way, not Tom. <laughs> That's my guy. And as Kyle often does, he has a very unique perspective here on playing without fans in the stands and how he's looking forward to the experience that's been different or that's going to be different than what we're used to here in the National Football League. No, I think it's going to be a cool experience. I don't think people are looking at it in, you know, the way that I've been looking at it. I've been looking at it. The fans get a close inside of what guys on the field are communicating, trash talking, kind of like you've seen with the NBA you're going to hear the ball dribble, and you don't necessarily get to hear that all the time. And I feel like that's what it's going to be like on a football field. I think the smacking is going to be louder. The trash talking is going to be right there, prime television. And I think it's going to be a good atmosphere because at the end of the day, you're going to find out it's the team versus the team. There's no real home field advantage. Obviously, you have to make the road trip out there, but you – are basically going against that team and they're going against you and you just got to outperform. So I think that's pretty cool. And of course, Kyle is on his third team here with the Miami Dolphins, began his career as a second round draft pick in Detroit, wound up in New England for a few years. Here he is talking about going into New England and what made that play special during his time there. And now what he sees here in Miami in his first season so far. You know, from top down, it was ran a really, really positive way. Um, just like here, it's run really, really well. And I'm excited to be a Miami Dolphin. I feel like they are investing a lot into our success uh, as well. You know, giving we have a new facility coming around. They, they invest in a lot with uh, off the field things that we as players want. And, you know, they really, really want us to be successful. And I hope we can be successful for this city. And on the topic of this city and the South Florida community, here is what I think might be my favorite quote so far of the time I've been here with the Dolphins. And I know I say that quite a few times because a lot of these guys are so well-spoken and say so many profound things. But here's Kyle Van Noy on why it's so important to him to bring a winner to Miami. Oh, man. I I wish I could answer. We'd be here all day. I'd have to write out a paragraph for you or a 20-page paper. But I'll just try to keep it simple and sweet. I mean, I've been given a lot, and I I hope to give others a lot. And um, I'm blessed to be a part of this. I know what winning looks like and structurally flow is I respect him a lot. He's doing a really, really good job. Um, We're not taking any shortcuts. I mean, I wasn't here last year, but the guys, you could tell, worked their ass off. And this year, we continued that. And uh, for me to be a part of that and to be elected a captain of from my peers, I mean, I'm honored and just hope we can um, take this first game. It's a big game. Um, and go up there and with the mindset of winning. And that's what they want to do. That's what we want to do. It's going to be a really, really high competitive game right off the bat and I'm excited for it it's it's what you play as I mean it's what you wish for as a kid playing I mean better you're playing against a rival team at their home opening game um, through all the craziness that's going on trying to be a light for 
people off the field and on the field. I mean, it's it's a good way to start. And with that start, we're going to see Cam Newton. Here's Kyle Van Noy on his scouting report on the Patriots quarterback. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Cam brings a Cam effect. That man is a gamer, uh, MVP, so he knows how to win. He knows uh, how to play to his strengths. Uh, he's a really good, good – he's a under – obvious, I shouldn't even say underrated. He's a really good passer. Uh, he can throw on the run really, really well. Uh, but the cam effect is definitely the running, being able to have that, uh, I guess, as your third option, you know, hand the ball off, throw, and then be able to run and create something out of nothing. Uh, it's tough to guard. And we have our hands full, and we're doing everything we can to prepare for it. But we're, we're excited for the challenge. We know how good he is, and we respect him as a player. And here is Kyle cutting off a reporter asking about playing against Cam and the time he got a sack on him. You do have a- I did. I chased him down. People think I'm slow. And here he is talking more about facing Cam Newton and the key to stopping him in that Patriots offense. You know, I, I think it's just all 11 on the same page. I think that's what it takes. Every guy doing their job is, you know, as cliche as that sounds, that's really what it takes. Whether... You know, you're blitzing, you got to keep them in the pocket or whether, you know, you're playing zone, everybody has eyes back to the quarterback. You got to do those little things against a running quarterback like that and be able to hit them. Just like any quarterback, you just got to continue to put that pressure on them and sustain it all four, four quarters. It's not easy and it's not easy to do in this league, but when you do it, that's usually when you come out with a good outcome. So there you have it. Kyle Van Noy, Byron Jones, and Ted Karras. Three really good interviews on this Wednesday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Again, we're going to have that deep dive, that feature on Ted Karras up on MiamiDolphins.com in addition to the Daily Top News, the Daily Blitz, and Thursday, the preview of the Patriots game. We have tons of stuff coming down the pipeline for you here, both on Drive Time and on MiamiDolphins.com as well as on social media. And with that, let's go ahead and get out of here for this Wednesday show. In the meantime, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you want to give back to the podcast, if you enjoy the podcast, that's the best way you can do it. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the Dolphins at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Podcast. New episode dropped with Trace Armstrong this week, as well as the Audible Podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.